Hi, welcome to the Regenerative Relationship Podcast. My name is Melissa and I'm your host. Today, I want to talk about the word regeneration and how I use it. Regeneration is a word that has been picking up momentum recently, mostly in sustainability space. You might have heard of regenerative agriculture or regenerative textiles, for example. I've also heard it used in the crypto space to describe distributed wealth as a way to support regenerative economies. And this is actually the first time I heard it used. A friend, Shannon Ewing, who's pretty entrenched in the crypto space, and the way she really described it was that sustainability is more about sustaining and staying in one place, whereas regeneration is about creating something new and connecting more circular systems. And so ever since she explained it that way, it really stuck with me. And I just started to get curious about regeneration and the principles behind it and how it was sort of diverging from traditional sustainability thinking. As a lifelong student of the sustainability movement and following it for over two decades, I've mostly focused on the culture around the word and the ways that people relate to and adopt these ideas over time from a macro or long-term point of view. I've looked at how people use words like sustainability or regeneration in what contexts and what deeper meanings or associations are being made through additional language and vocabulary. Currently, we're in a place in culture where sustainability and regeneration are often used interchangeably. People know that they hold different meanings, but the lines continue to blur. And again, where sustainability is really about sustaining or maintaining the status quo, albeit in a slightly improved way, regeneration, on the other hand, is a complete paradigm shift away from linear thinking and into a nonlinear, holistic, and ecosystems view of the world. In this way, it is impossible to do sustainability and regeneration at the same time. They begin with different intentions and they produce different outcomes. Regeneration represents an evolution or quantum leap in thinking altogether. I like to think regeneration is fresh enough in the modern lexicon that it hasn't taken on a specific meaning or one singular definition. And while practitioners in the space have been using the word regeneration for several years, it is still largely being defined. I see this as a great opportunity, actually, whereas the field of sustainability has been shaped through the lens of a colonial Western mentality and is rife with greenwashing, regeneration offers a new space to create an authentic and integrated meaning from a variety of different perspectives. I don't think the word regeneration is meant to be siloed or defined in any one way. Instead, perhaps we can relate to it as a set of principles and feelings. How does it feel to participate in regenerative relationships produces a different type of feedback than what do I know about the word regenerative? In this way, regeneration is defined by being present in our senses and feeling our way through the world versus finding answers through logic only. In a world that is so used to thinking from the shoulders up, people inevitably lose touch with their feelings. So I think whatever the definition is, it has to include a warmth and a pelvic up approach. So an example of that would be to think about what does this solution feel like in the root, in the womb, in the abdomen, and the heart, in addition to the throat, the head, and the crown. For me, I experience the world through clear feeling and clear knowing, which comes from recognizing underlying energy patterns. I know it sounds kind of obscure, but it is truly the way that I move through the world and respond to my environment. I know in my body 
when something feels balanced and when it doesn't. And I have access to these tools through an extremely high sensitivity. This is partially born out of trauma, which is prevalent in empaths or highly sensitive people. But I also believe everyone has access to these tools when they develop a capacity to see what is beyond the surface and open into deeper states of feeling. The more I've worked to release trauma from my own system, the more I've been able to drop into these tools and it has helped me to discover that regenerative is a state of being more than anything. Because everything in our world is defined by relationships, we can apply the idea of feeling our way through regenerative solutions as something that registers clearly in the body. In the simplest terms, does it feel good? Does it feel wholesome? Does it feel balanced? And these are really sources of renewable energy. By getting quiet and focusing on these singular questions, they alone can help guide the path into regenerative ways of being and the relationships that emerge from them. By focusing on creating quality relationships, anyone can get started and engage in regeneration at the micro level that eventually impacts our shared macro culture. I wanted to share a few other definitions from those who have been doing this work for a while, just to give some extra context. Robin Wall Kimmerer is the author of Braiding Sweetgrass, a member of the Citizen Potawatomi Nation, professor and science writer. She was trained as a botanist and applies her understanding of indigenous wisdom to writings that help people understand the wider ecological context of reciprocity. She writes, I wonder if much that ails our society stems from the fact that we have allowed ourselves to be cut off from love and from the land. It is medicine for broken land and empty hearts. In the garden, food arises out of partnership. People ask me often what one thing I would recommend to restore the relationship between land and people. My answer is almost always plant a garden. It's good for the health of the earth and it's good for the health of the people. A garden is a nursery for nurturing connection, the soil for cultivation of practical reverence and its power goes far beyond the garden gate. Once you develop a relationship with a little patch of earth, it becomes seed itself. Carol Sanford, founding CEO of Seventh Generation, who in many ways is the godmother of regenerative business and has built an entire body of work around it, defines seven principles of regeneration to include both inner work and outer work. Her great-grandfather, who is Cherokee and a member of the Iroquois Nation, is who she credits with teaching her these principles passed down from indigenous wisdom. The seven principles are represented by simple words that leave each person to explore and discover what they mean for themselves. In her framework, inner work includes holes, essence, and potential. And the outer work includes nestedness, nodal interventions, and fields. And in the center between inner and outer work is development. So those are kind of the seven principles that make up the core of Carol's work. Carol says regeneration can only happen in living systems, which requires us to shift how we relate to life in every way. Instead of fracturing our environment, regeneration requires a return to interconnection and wholeness. She says regeneration is important to define because if we just use the word and keep doing a variation of what we're doing, AKA sustainability, we lose the real potential that understanding living systems brings to us and our organized entities. Project Regeneration, founded by Paul Hawken, is at the forefront of these solutions. 
Here's what their website has to say. Regeneration puts life at the center of every action and decision. Regeneration is a response to the urgency of the climate crisis, a determined what to do manual for all levels of society, from individuals to national governments and everything and everyone in between. It describes a system of interlocking initiatives that can stem the climate crisis in one generation. If we want to get the attention of humanity, humanity needs to feel it's getting attention. Regeneration creates livelihoods that bring life to people and people to life. It is the work that links us to each other's well-being that provides those in poverty with purpose and a future of dignity and respect. The heating planet is our commons. It holds us all. To address and reverse warming requires connection and reciprocity. It calls for moving out of our comfort zones to find a depth of courage we may have never known. It calls for action that is bold and fearless. So those are just a few definitions that are out there. I encourage everyone to do their own research on regeneration and regenerative business strategy as it's a growing and exciting and developing field. And as I continue to do more episodes, I'll surface more definitions in order to keep metabolizing the ways that people are thinking about it. For now, suffice it to say that regeneration ultimately calls for a new paradigm and a new way of doing things. Another way to help contextualize regeneration is to consider its opposite, extraction. Extractive activities create imbalance and take without restoring, whereas reciprocity creates an exchange of value. So if we apply that principle to the micro-context of relationships, one question we can ask as we look around in our own lives is, is there an equal sense of give and take? It doesn't necessarily mean calculating an exact exchange. It's more about feeling on the whole that both people are contributing to and receiving from the relationship in a way that is supportive and mutually beneficial. If one person is doing all the giving while the other is taking, that could be considered an extractive dynamic. Similarly, when it comes to how we do business, we can consider our supply and value chains. Is there reciprocity or extraction taking place? On the surface, it might seem like reciprocity because there is usually an exchange of money. But if we look closer, oftentimes we see that corporations hold certain leverage over less powerful entities. Instead of trusting the abundance that comes from investing in people and living systems, we are trained to think in terms of competition, scarcity, and the bottom line only. This siloed thinking is exactly what creates fracturing at all levels of society. When we work in silos, we don't as easily connect the dots on larger systemic impacts. Regeneration asks us to break out of this pattern of thinking and instead place the health of all relationships at the center of everything we do. So I think I'll end there for today. And again, these are big paradigm shifts that take a while to digest. However, I tend to think that regeneration doesn't have to be a destructive process. It can actually be something that when we make really intentional shifts in the way we think, it opens up bigger pockets of innovation and clarity. And so it's just about finding which of those intersection points really create the most impact in when we're thinking in terms of regenerative and living systems design. I tend to think that we can make a regenerative transition 
in a gentle way if we're willing to look at the areas of highest impact and that it doesn't have to require large amounts of destruction. But at the same time, people do have to be willing to consider new alternatives and ways of connecting the dots that truly do pour back into a system of more nourishing relationships. So I look forward to talking through more examples, talking with more people about how they experience regeneration, and overall just giving it more practical application to our everyday lives. Thanks for joining me and more to come.